Glory to God. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's so good to see you. Y'all look awesome. I told George, I said, uh, before next week, put out another row of chairs. Amen. Amen. That's always a good, a good issue to have to have, Amen. is to have more chairs. And we got plenty of them, so we will pack them out. Amen. Amen. Right now, you, got, you may have some room to dance in there, but if we run out of room going that way, we may squeeze it up a little bit. We can get a bunch of chairs in here, y'all, because we've done it. <laughs> we've, had over, we've had 325 people in this room before, and uh, glory to God. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler was like, wow. <laughs> and uh, it, was a good, it was a good day. Amen. Listen, we're going to jump into the message in just a minute, uh, but before we do that, uh, I want us, the Lord's given me some direction, and I think there's something that doesn't happen too often. And, and I may, you know, the message could change, but what I have planned to talk to you about right now is, you know, it's time for an awakening. And what we're going to talk about are the ingredients of an awakening, like a recipe, like, you know, you go up to the cabinet, you get your bowl, you get this ingredient, you get that ingredient, and then you put them all in there at a certain time and you mix them around. What's the recipe? What's the ingredients for an awakening? And so we're going to talk about that. This afternoon, we're going to talk about uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see the manifestations of the power of God this afternoon. So don't miss it. I'm telling you, the Lord was talking to me throughout the week and I was like, ooh, I'm excited about, about just today. And even this morning, I expect that people will be healed, delivered, that things will be happening supernaturally inside each one of you today. And, and that's going to start right now if it hasn't already uh, if it hasn't already because I'm telling you stuff breaks off I don't know some of you may even have a testimony and if you do when you start praising like that God inhabits the praises of his people and something falls off like there's just it it's a freeing power of God when you start worshiping God like that like just without abandon, I mean, just abandon all those, abandon all those emotions and trying to, well, I need to look prim and proper and this is church, you know, and everything. No, I had a vision a few years ago of this place where praise and worship was like water in this room. And it went all the way to the crown of the ceiling where we just worshiped and praised. And, and we had a little bit of that breaking forth today. God wants praisers. He wants worshipers. And, and it's time for us to worship Him. Let the Holy Spirit guide our worship. Stop being, Stop letting the corrupted flesh stop our worship. Let the Holy Spirit empower our worship. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Truth, laying all things on the table. Laying it all out there. Let the truth of God's Word. This is how we're called to worship and that's what we're going to do. And one of the things that I've been, you know, a lot of times when we go to church... Um, we come to serve and to minister to God. A lot of times we come in kind of like this. This is how we're coming to church. And that's not wrong. That, that's actually, remember in Philippians it says, uh, he was writing to him and he said, now concerning giving and receiving. They always go hand in hand. They're not like just giving and just receiving. They're seed time and harvest. It's always concerning both. Well, when we come into a service, 
it, we are supposed to come in expectation that God's going to do something. Actually, that honors Him. But there's also, that's the receiving part. There's also the giving. Lord, I give myself to you today. I serve you. I give myself in prayer. I give myself in honor and expectation. I give myself in worship and praise. And I think a lot of times in these meetings, because prayer would bore our flesh, that a lot of times we don't pray like we should. We don't pray enough. We don't pray together corporately. And so, because like what we're going to do is for at least 10 minutes now, right now at the start of the service, we're just going to pray. That's, the, that's what the Lord said, go at least 10 minutes. And let's just pray and serve God. But see, a lot of times, here, here's why people won't do it. And this is part of the problem that's been in America. Well, the people won't like that and they won't be comfortable in prayer. They're not comfortable because they haven't been praying because they've had no leaders leading them in prayer. They've not learned to get comfortable in prayer because we keep appeasing the flesh and not the spirit. And that's part of why the church has gotten weak. But now there's, there's a tide turning. There's an earthquake happening. There's a shaking happening. You know, if you don't know it, there was an earthquake in North Carolina this morning. And uh, what was it, 5.1? Is that, huh? 5.2? There's a shaking that's happening. Now, as far as I know, there was no damage or anything like that, no lives lost. That's, I had that once. I, I, told, I told them this morning in prayer. I was in the Philippines, and I was praying. And uh, I, was, <clears throat> I was up on the platform, and uh, I was praying. I was preaching about shaking the nation. I was preaching about shaking the nation and I was sitting here and you know I don't I don't stand still when I preach, you know. If they ever had a box for me to preach in, y'all would see like one of the most uncomfortable preachers ever. Cuz I I'd, I'd be like this in the box, you know. But so I'm moving, I'm walking on this platform. I'm walking, I'm preaching, I'm 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 moving, you know, and all of a sudden um the people are looking at me weird. Like, really strange. And I'm so weird. They were looking at me so weird that I'm thinking, like, are there like two angels behind me or what's up? Because, I mean, on their face, you could see something had happened and I didn't know what it was. But see, I'm moving so I can't feel it. And behind me, the projector screen was going, and they were right while I was preaching about shaking the nation and moving the nation. And Lord, shake it up. Let's bring, let's bring a shaking to this nation. Let's shake it up. All of a sudden, an earthquake happened. (laughs) And, and uh, they're like, you talk about, you know, a hand zone you know uh wow it was it was just amazing this shaking was happening and i was like well glory to god and it was a 6.0 i think there was no damage no nothing but you're talking about the lord working with me to get a point across let's shake the name but you have to understand our words will have a physical manifestation it's interesting that when that earthquake i got the article still when that earthquake happened no damage no lives lost But something was happening in the spiritual. And sometimes those things can be felt in the physical. And I do believe, if you remember that word I had about it's time for an awakening. And the word I had back in 2006, it said, when this happens, stone will crack. Right? Stone will crack. 
And uh, I believe that the Lord will show us what that is and it'll be clear and it'll be evident, not something, you know, just barely, oh yeah, maybe that's it. No, I think he'll show us as that anointing comes in and we are on the verge of a breakthrough. I, I told him in prayer this morning, just last night, they had thousands and thousands of people in Portland, Oregon, right, right a few blocks from where that rebellion took, took place, a few blocks, people worshiping God, running into the water to get baptized. Man, there is some stuff happening right now in the spirit. It's time for an awakening. We need to pray. And you're going to see a key ingredient in an awakening is prayer. And that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. So right now, let's just serve the Lord with our prayer. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. And let's just pray for at least 10 minutes. Lord, we just worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, you are so great and so mighty. Father, we praise you. Lord, bring an awakening in this place. Bring an awakening to the people of Boomerang. Bring an awakening to Albemarle. Bring an awakening to Stanley County, Lord. Bring an awakening, Lord, to this state, to North Carolina, to Charlotte, Lord, to Concord and Salisbury. Lord, bring an awakening to Greensboro, to Raleigh. Lord, bring an awakening to this nation, Father, to Washington, D.C., to Washington State, every state, Lord. Bring an awakening in Jesus' name. Bring an awakening to this world. Thank you, Father. We praise you. Ha ha I just encourage you, just close your eyes and just start praying out what the Lord places on your heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, you are so good. You are so great. You are so mighty. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Oh, we praise you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, we're in expectation. You're doing great and mighty things because you are a great and mighty God. You are a God of magnificence. You are a majesty. Father, you are so good. You are all-knowing, Lord. You are all-powerful. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your absolute love, a love that would send your Son. Thank you, Lord, for your love that would send a Son to die for us when you didn't have to. You could have just left us to implode left us in our own sin. Lord, but that's not what you did. Thank you for your absolute love. Jesus, thank you for giving your life. Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us. Glory to God. Ho, 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 Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. 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 
Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. So I didn't know you sent that. Hold that for, say that as soon as you start praying. Say that and then start praying. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Paul just saw something. He sent me a message. I didn't know he sent me a message, but the Lord told me to give him the microphone. And then I saw his message. <laughs> so that's the Lord moving already. So he's going to share that word and receive it for yourself. Understand that if the Lord's saying something, it doesn't have to be received. But for people who will put their faith on it, they can receive that thing today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. So he's going to speak that. You receive it if it belongs to you or if you desire it. And then he's going to pray for a few minutes. Thank you, Father. So when we were sitting there and soon we started praying, I felt like the Lord showed me that <clears throat> it was like a scalpel that was just hanging out over the top of us. And it's like he told me, today I'm going to be performing some major surgeries in some people. Amen. Some major surgeries. Not talking about I'm just going to go in and do a little stitch in here, and a, but some <laughs> major surgeries. Glory to God. He didn't show me what it was, but so if you've got a medical issue, Right now, you claim it that that healing is yours. That he's performing it right now. Yeah. As soon as we started praying, he start he started going to work. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word, Father. We receive every bit that you have for us today, Father. We receive everything you have for us, Father. We claim the healing. We pull the healing down, Father. We receive it and we proclaim it. We thank you for it and we glorify you for it, Father. We thank you right now that you are performing miracles in this service right now, Father. Thank you, Because Father. that's your will, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you when we receive it. We believe, we receive, yes. and we have it, Father. And we thank you. We're not waiting on it, Father, but we are receiving it right now. We thank you. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it, Father. With the boldness, we receive it. With faith, we step out and we receive it and we claim it. No matter what the world has told us, we don't believe our faith's not in the world, but our faith is in you, in your word, Father. And we receive yeah. it today. Thank you, Father. So keep on praying. Thank you, Father. Here, stand here with me. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We just praise your name, Father. We praise your name. Father, we put on your joy. Your joy is our strength, Father. We thank you. We thank you that you, you are our defender, Father. You are our defender, Father. Thank you, Lord. That no matter what attack comes against us, Father, it will not prosper. Because your word is our foundation. We stand on your word and your word tells thank us that, you, Father. So while the world is shaken, our foundation stands firm. It stands firm, Father. Your word is rooted in us. Your word is our foundation, is what our faith is upon, Father. The truth. The truth. We thank you for the work that you're doing in your people today, Father. And each and every one of us. We receive it. 
right now. Yeah, thank you, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you that we don't have to go to a hospital to receive the surgery of the things we need, Father. We just come to your throne and say, Father, yeah, I need thank you. you Lord. I need your touch. Thank you, I Lord. need your healing, Father. Thank I you, need Lord. you, Father. I don't need Dr. Such and Such. I need yes. you. Because where you are is where my healing is. It's where my joy is. It's where everything I need is, Father. So right now, Father, we just come to you and we give ourselves to you for you to do the work that you, you want to do to us, Father. Show us the things that you're trying to do, to, do for us, Father. Show us the things that you're, that you're calling us to, Father. Thank you. We thank you. We lay ourselves upon the altar for you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We give our lives to you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for our salvation. And we just praise you, Father. We give you the glory and the honor. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. See, the people of God are supposed to be his ambassadors. They're supposed to declare some things to be done. They're supposed to declare some things in the earth. If they won't declare it, they won't happen. If the people of God won't speak for God, it won't happen. You're, we are the hands and the feet. We are the, the prophets of God. We are the ones who are prophesying to our house, to our land, to our nation. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to lift up the things of God to declare His end. It may have begun in one way, but we declare the victorious end of God in Jesus' name. Lord, today we declare a victorious end in Jesus' name. We declare a victorious end in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for life to the full till it overflows. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, for your favor. Thank you for your prosperity. Thank you for your health. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your faith that you applied. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you, Father, for your anointing that rises us to new levels. Thank you, Father, for your anointing that breaks through the strongholds. Thank you, Father, for fullness of life. Thank you, Father, for fullness of life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Just pray with me a few more minutes in the Holy Ghost. Just let the Holy Spirit lead your prayers. We agree together, Lord. Lord, bring about your will in these homes in Jesus' name. Lord, all across this body of believers, bring your will about in their homes in the name of Jesus. I declare peace and grace and mercy in each household in the name of Jesus. Lord, peace in the minds of people, in the minds of children, in the minds of parents, Lord. Peace be in these households. Lord, in Jesus' name, let their businesses and their jobs and overflow, Lord. Let it overflow in Jesus' name. Let it overflow in the name of Jesus. Let it overflow. In these schools, Lord, I declare... <clears throat> 
with all this that's been going on. Peace be in our schools. Peace be in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, let us shine the light of God. Let us walk in the purity of what God has. Thank you, Father. Lord, we declare and we agree Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nothing short of it, Lord. Nothing short of heaven. Heaven be in these places in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for Your goodness. Now, Lord, we just worship You. Ah, Father, we praise You and we worship You. We give You the glory. You are so good. You are so good to us. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. We just worship You. Lord, You're so good. You've given us so much. You, you saved us from death, hell, and the grave. Lord, You saved us from a life that was bent towards sin, bent towards the devil. Lord, You saved us. Thank You, Father, for Your goodness and Your grace. Thank You. Just thank Him with me. Say, thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Make it personal. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Father. We just worship you. We thank you. We give you the glory and the honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you today. We welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. Lord, your presence is welcome here. We worship you and we praise you. Let your anointing flow. Let my words be your words. Let my lips be like the pen of a ready writer. That whatever you say, it is spoken and written into history. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen, amen, glory to God. A couple of notes before we begin in the message is, you know, sometimes prayer and worship comes hard to us at different times. And generally that comes because we're not used to it. You know, many of you were at one point used to a one-hour service. And uh, our services are anywhere from generally an hour and a half to three hours. That's, you know, we start at 10 now. That's, we start at 10. But many times we're not used to it. But as you give yourself and you say, okay, flesh, no. No, flesh, no. You don't get to be the boss. You don't get, you know, ever since the garden, our flesh has tried to tell us what to do. And Nicole brings up just on service length. She says, you know, we'll go watch a two and a half hour, three hour movie. And we don't think a thing about, about it. But then we can't give it to God. It's like, wait a minute, hold up. What's wrong with this picture? You know, if you go to your bank account, go to your checkbook, go to your calendar, see where you spend time and where you see money, you'll see what's Lord. And so many times we're not used to praying because we haven't done it. And as we tell our flesh, no, and we step into it, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Just the other night, we had uh, six hours a night of prayer from 6 p.m. to midnight. And, uh, you know, when you hear six hours of prayer... It's, you, you think, how are, how are we going to do that? Some people would think. But it's actually easy. It's really easy. And uh, barely an inconvenience. And uh, there's, it's really easy. It's actually very simple. And the first three hours flew by like it was nothing. Is that right? I mean, it was amazing. God's presence just showed up. And we're like, where did three hours go? 
And it just, the power of God was flowing before we knew it. It was midnight. And uh, we're just like, praise God, we're going to be having those on a more regular basis. Why? Because the people of God need to take responsibility for the commandment of prayer. The people of God need to take responsibility for the commandment of prayer. Let me say it again. Because nobody aid me, amen me the second time like they should. The people of God need to take responsibility for the commandment of prayer. Amen. amen. Glory to God. Y'all must not have wanted me to say it a fourth time. And yeah, it's true though. We need to take responsibility for the commandments that God's given us. Yeah. And one, one thing I want you, the second thing I want you to see is this, is that uh, in that word that Paul just gave, you notice that he didn't say the, there's going to be surgeries on people this morning. God's very specific about his words. He didn't say that. He said there's going to be, there's going to be surgeries done on people today. So it's going to be this morning and this afternoon. Yeah. It's going to be in both. It's going to be in both. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, the other day, uh, Buddy and I, uh, we were at the conference, and it was like one of the last days. And uh, I was thinking about this. Uh, Buddy and I were sitting there, and it was one of the last days. And, you know, after four days of five messages a day, uh, your body is a little bit tired. And it's like, whew, and, but we're putting our flesh down. And both of us were agreeing, like, I'd kind of like to not go to service tonight. You know, well, both of us were thinking fleshly-wise. We were, I mean, we even... We even thought about it and said it like I'd like not to but I'm going I'm here for a reason I'm going to tell my flesh no and I'm going to go well just so happens that night uh, Jerry Savelle gets up there and he preaches a message he's only preached one other time and it was about the Lord striking your debt down and destroying your debt did anybody see that message yeah. glory to God striking your debt down and I, I was because there's some things you can't get you know you don't get just by watching the replay you got to be there and when you put an expectation to be there something else happened and I was sitting there going praise God we didn't listen to it because I want some debt supernaturally gone you know and there's things where you have to say no flesh I'm going to purpose myself to go after the things of God and we're going to see his salvation amen we're going to see his salvation but I was thinking man and praise God we didn't listen to the flesh. Because the flesh will keep you out of the power of God. The flesh, the corrupted flesh, will keep you away from the things that you need uh, the most in your, in your life. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. So he said today there'll be surgeries. Today. So not just this morning. But let the Lord work on our hearts, on our minds, on our bodies, and even on people's finances this morning. Even while we're, Lord, let things change, even while I'm preaching. Uh, Lord, let necks pop and be healed, even while I'm preaching. Let, let body pain be healed, even while I'm preaching, Lord. Lord, let your goodness be poured out. Let, it, let things happen. Let finances, let favor happen in finances and jobs. Let promotions, let it begin this morning where, where you, Lord, put these people on the hearts of their employers and you give them favor. In Jesus' name. Put them on their heart, Lord. Give them the favor that you want them to have. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to I share something real quickly. Uh, Kevin, will you come here real quick? Kevin, 
this Kevin. We got two Kevins now. <laughs> Doubling up. Amen. I just want you to tell people real quickly, just you had, here you go, hold it close. Um, you had a major ordeal for two years. And I know most people have heard it, but I really felt specifically led for you to just share it. So I want you to talk about how bad it was quickly, like within a minute. Okay. How bad it was okay. for two minutes and what it was, um, or one minute. It, actually, I was corrected by my wife the last time I gave this testimony. It, it was actually longer than two years. The two years was actually my time spending with uh, a lot of doctors. I was uh, diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Uh, very serious, uh, pretty severe pain, constant um, uh, fatigue. I would be, be tired if I took the garbage out. I would be tired to the point where I had to sit down. I'd walk to the end of my yard and come back and literally have to sit on the couch. I'd have to take a nap if I did anything big. And I was missing work. Uh, if I worked, did anything around the house on the weekend, I'd end up not being able to get up and go to work on Monday. So it was extremely uh, severe. Lots of doctors, lots of different medications, no solutions from any of them. Yeah, yeah. And then we were here. You decided, even though I've been like that, I'm going to come and serve at Boomfest. Yep. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And yeah. we prayed that night. You sat down gingerly because you had worked and stood <laughs> on your feet. You sat down yeah. gingerly. It was kind of hard because uh, all day I had been carrying stuff around. I was cooking hot dogs back here. And then I was getting the drinks and bringing them in. So at the end of the day, I was laying on the couch in the foyer because my back hurt so much and I was so tired. So I was just kind of laying there while other people were cleaning up. Boomfest had kind of finished. And the um, pastor kind of looked at me and, and said, hey, come here. I, I believe the Lord wants to do something. And you want to tell him the rest? Well, we stepped into the office and yeah. we prayed. And we commanded that thing to be gone for mm -hmm. healing to happen over two years of fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I felt the anointing. And, you know, I sensed it. And then when you got up, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it was kind of funny because he said, well, Pastor said, why don't you try do something you couldn't do before? Do, you know, see if something's changed. And I said, okay. He says, well, get up. So I got up out of the chair and he just kind of looked at me and he says, you got up a whole lot faster than you sat down. <laughs> yeah. And I went, you're right. And, and <laughs> I, you know, it took a second for me to kind of feel and notice, but the pain was gone. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, I instantly, it changed. It was gone. It was literally gone <laughs> that moment. And I was like, Lord, thank God. you, Lord. And that was how long ago now? Yeah. I can't even remember how long October, it was. Yeah. October, October. Last year, so and how? So Crazy now, enough. how's life been different? I've since had that more time? to do. I've been able to get things done. So, <laughs> medicine. Amen. Oh, I I was off immediately. Gone. It was done. All the medicine yep. gone. And I don't take energy. Anything. Back. Yeah. yeah. Doing everything. Oh, well, look at me. Yeah. You remember what it was like? I was I coming. I he looked at me. He was like, "Man, yeah, I I don't know. We got to do something praying here because you don't look so good. Uh, you look tired, and I was." And Glory now, to God. Thank God. Amen. Amen. It's like it's like being set free from a from a prison cell. You know that I was in. Literally couldn't do much at all. And now it's like, wow, I can actually go do stuff. Amen. So, Glory to God. Amen. Thank you. All right. So now, wife. Dug a hole for you yesterday. Yeah. 
Even mom's being blessed. Wife, is it different? He's got his energy back? Yes. Hallelujah. One thing he did not mention, um, it was very physical um, for him, but probably even more so spiritual attack was emotionally. Yeah. Just the, it, it was very hard on both of us, actually, yeah. because when you don't know what's wrong with you and you're so much in pain, yeah. it affects you emotionally. And so that's been such a testimony that Amen. you feel better, you're going to act better. Or, you know, yeah. there's joy that's going to come. So it's been awesome. A different husband. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. A better Kevin. Better, faster, stronger. Amen. Well, glory to God. That's awesome. Let's turn real quick. We're talking about it's time for an awakening. The ingredients of an awakening. I've been, I've been uh, reading about awakenings and about revivals. And, you know, the difference between a revival and an awakening is a revival can breathe new life into a body or even into a small area. But an awakening many times affects a whole nation or the whole planet and culture is changed. Literally laws change. Uh, the responses, uh, bars empty out. There's no, you know, they, bars file bankruptcy because there's nobody needing to drink from a worldly corrupted spirit because they're filled with the spirit of God. And when an awakening culture changes. And so I've been reading about it and a lot lot of times you'll see the same ingredients found in a move and I've tried to list these out for you today but the first thing I want us to do is go to Romans 13 Romans 13 and verse 11 and 12 Romans 13 verse 11 and 12 and of course we've been reading uh, this for quite some time but I want you to I want you to see it again I want you to hear this do this Knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Say this with me. Say, I know that it's already the time for me to awaken. Now, are you biblical? Are you scriptural as you say that? I know that it's already the time for me to awaken. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk in the things of God and not walk in the things of the world. Say it with me. Let us not walk in the things of the world, but walk in the things of God. Now you have to realize that when you do that, that means you're going to have to tell your flesh no, like what we've been talking about. You're going to have to start doing some things that God wants you to do and not what your flesh wants you to do. I can tell you, the Lord spoke to me this week. He said, I want you to do another media fast. What that means for me is no movies, no TV, no books, no news, no scrolling on Facebook or Instagram besides handling business, nothing. A media fast for a year. So before long, in the next month or two, I'm going to start a media fast. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. No media, no playing games, no nothing. Nothing, nothing but intaking the things of God, preaching, 
teaching, the Bible, worship, that's it for a year. When I did it before, I'm telling you, it changed my life. But when the Lord first brought it up to me, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, I don't think I want to do that. Nope. No, that I, 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 like, I like watching a movie every now and then, you know? Yeah, my flesh likes it. You remember, we're not supposed to be entangled in the things of the world. That means that the moment that my flesh said, oh, I don't want to do that, my flesh is already entangled. And that's proof that my flesh is wanting me to do something where I should be letting go of it easily. In other words, God, God doesn't mind if we'll watch a movie here or there or, or, or something like that. It, I mean, we've got to walk through, through this world. But we're in the world. We're not of the world. And the moment that my flesh goes, no, I like that, then we know that thing's got a hold of us a little bit. And I remember the first this decision this time was much easier when he said it to me a few years ago and said, I want you to do a media fast. I had to pray about it. <laughs> I had to strengthen myself up to make that commitment because a year was a long commitment. Let me tell you, though, oh, anytime the Lord asks you to do something. It's always opportunity to increase. It's always opportunity to increase. Because he's such a good and a loving God. It's always opportunity to increase when the Lord asks you to do something. And he, I knew if he's asking me to do it, there's something, there's something to it. It's going to be good. Don't you know? Don't you know? If God asks you to do something, don't you know? It's going to be good. And I'm telling you, I walked out, I walked through that year, and it's like in the first month, I just felt a peace of God come on me. And I walked, and it just kept growing for the next 11 months. Just the peace of God. Don't you know that peace is a, a warfare weapon? Peace, be still. The peace of God was a weapon in my life and in your lives to bring about supernatural change in your lives. And peace wasn't the only fruit of that media fast. But here's what I had to do. I had to lay down the things of the flesh and put on the armor of light. Did you know that that scripture we just read is not just for me? It's for every believer. You can do it too. And you can walk in that power too. In that fruit of peace. Man, I watched the world. This just happened to be the exact same year. I started in December, and it was December right after Trump was elected. And so with all the demonic release from hell over his election, all of a sudden, I mean, the world was in turmoil. I mean, there were people thinking that the world was coming to an end. I mean, my goodness, I didn't see any of that. It was the most amazing thing. When the end of that year was over, the world was still here. It was crazy. I mean, we made it through. God was still on the throne. It was amazing. God was still on the throne the whole time, even though people thought that we had just lost everything. You have, to, you have to see that while everybody else was so frustrated and so much under pressure, I was walking with peace, like glory to God. I know there were probably people looking at, at me like, why has he got that goofy grin on his face? And I was like, oh, God, you're so awesome. You're so awesome. And see, then you wonder how come the disciples couldn't get out of that storm, but Jesus wakes up. Peace. Yeah. Be still. And even the wind and the waves obey him. 
Because he wasn't entangled with the things. Don't you know, according to this verse, it's time for us to awake. And a part of awakening is putting down the things of the flesh. Say, no, flesh. And, and here's the thing. When you're in Christ, God has empowered you to tell the flesh no. Now, I don't know about you. Has it ever felt? I've definitely had times in my life where like the flesh comes up and brings a temptation. And man, it feels like the weight of the world is on me. And, I, and I, I'm like, I've got to do this. I've got to sin. But that's not true. Because he's broken the power of that sin. But here's the thing. Many times we've been walking in habits. We've been walking in this circle of life for so long and we've gotten into the circle of sin and the habits of fleshly thinking that when, when all of a sudden it comes time to say no to that sin or no to the flesh, we've been telling it yes for so long, we just say yes again. You know, I had a friend one time who, who was a liar, like he was a liar and, and he lied a lot. Yeah, and... This was before he was born again. And uh, he's not a liar anymore because he got born again. Yeah. Hallelujah. But he was a liar. And uh, I remember one time we were talking to somebody and, and I was sitting right there and he just went and uh, he just lied straight out to this person that we were talking to. And I said, and I got to thinking, I, I said, there was no reason for him to lie. There was no reason, like there wasn't even a good reason for him to do it. It was just he had gotten so much into the habit of lying. Lying is what he became. And so many times sin and the flesh has become so much of a habit in our lives that we just, we don't stop at that moment of temptation and think, I don't have to do this. But I'm telling you now, the Bible says that Jesus broke the power of sin in our lives. He's empowered you to say no. And all you have to do is say, no, I'm not going to do that. Jesus asked for your help. Pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not praying in the Spirit yet, you're missing out on a great, great tool. And one of the things, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, and we're going to talk about that tonight. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need, trust me, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, or else you will not live a victorious life. It will not be victorious. You need to be filled with the power. And if you want to be filled, come this afternoon because you're going to get filled. I'm just telling you, you're going to get filled. And if you've been filled, you're going to get refilled. You're going to get refilled. Glory to God. But see, here, here's what happened. And uh, he just, this guy just lied because of habit. And so a lot of times the spiritual power is broken, but because we can't see that spiritual chain that's been broken with our eyes, we come up to that, we feel the same feelings we felt before, and we just say, oh, well, that prayer must not have worked. No, the prayer worked. You just aren't supposed to live by your senses, not living by sight, but by faith. By faith, even though I feel the same way, I'm going to tell it no and go a different direction. And then you'll walk right into that freedom. You'll be like, oh, it did work. And then the next time, you do it again. And then all of a sudden, you form new habits. And now you're used to telling the Holy Ghost yes and telling your body no. You see, and this is the way we're supposed to step out of it. But a lot of people don't have a concept. They don't have the concept of the man in the spirit that's renewed. And so they never step out of those places. So listen to this verse again. 
Doing this, knowing the time, that it's already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So in other words, when we make a choice, when we make a choice to lay aside the deeds of darkness, the deeds of a corrupted flesh, the deeds of sin and put on the armor of the light of God, put on godliness, put on righteousness, say yes to the Holy Ghost, this is a symptom of waking up. All of a sudden, this is showing, hey, we're waking up. I'm waking up. I'm not going to be bound by that anymore. I won't live by that way again. I'm walking this way with Jesus. And we need to make a declaration. We need to say it. Say it with me. Say, you know, I won't walk that way again. I won't walk that way again. I'm walking with God. I'm walking with God. That's who I am from this day forward. Say it with me. I'm walking with God. That's who I am from this day forward. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Ephesians. Chapter 5 and verse 14. Ephesians 5. I want you to see something very specific here. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. He'll shine on you. Can you imagine what's all in that when Christ shines on you? See, see, we just we just kind of look back at what we've done in the past. But I don't think I don't think we fully, you know, thought about it, meditated on it. What actually happens when Christ himself steps through and this promise becomes a manifest, steps through and Christ shines yeah, on you? Yeah. Amen. Oh, the problems are gone. Yeah. Stuff's over. How does he shine on us when we wake up, Amen. when we rise up from the dead? Now, here's the thing. Here's what most people want. They want to come into church and watch this. They want to come into church and they want God. Here's what they want. They want Jesus to be walking through the house. You know, you can't see him, but he's there. They want Jesus to be walking through the house. And what they want is they think, they think, oh, I just, I want Jesus to zap me. And all of a sudden, I'm awake. They want Jesus to do it. Look at this verse again. They See, we did a thing called stinking thinking. We talked about lottery mentality. People go to every church, everybody that's carrying power so that they can get healed. But they don't want to do the work to get in the word and build their faith. They just want it to be magic. They want it to be a special touch. Instead of, whose responsibility is it in this verse? Put that verse up on the screen. Whose responsibility is it in this verse to wake themselves up? So yeah, God will help us. 
And he'll zap us in a service, you know. He'll zap you in every service you want to be zapped in. Anybody want to be zapped by Jesus? Yeah, me too. I want him to zap me. He'll zap you. He'll wake you up. That anointing will fall on you. But we got to make a heart decision. Lord, I'm waking up. I'm waking up. I'm waking up in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes for a second. Lord, I'm waking up. I'm going to do the deeds of an awakening. I'm going to add the ingredients of an awakening. Oh, oh, there it is. I'm going to add the ingredients in my life of an awakening. And when you wake up, Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ho, ho, his anointing's working with us already. I'm telling you, it's already working in people. Glory to God. Miss Jimmy, will you come here? Help her up. God is moving in your life. God is moving. He's drawing you to places, drawing you to new levels. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just ask right now for your help, for your, just for your hands. I just see him cradling you. I see him cradling you and your family, cradling you. Thank you, Father. Lord, I see him cradling you in ways, oh, glory to God. Cradle. I see his love cradling you. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It's time for an awakening. It's time for the power of God to be so evident, not just in pastor's life, but in our lives. I'm ready. I'm ready for the testimonies of you were walking down the street and somebody fell out and slain in the spirit. I'm, I, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about Lisa at work. And all of a sudden she walks in that day. And people testify and say, she just looks like she's glowing. I don't know what's going on. Something's happened to her. Something's happened. And she walks by and she walks in the boss's office to ask him a question. And he just falls out in the chair. The glory of God zaps him. Because she awoke. Because she awoke. And the Christ is shining on her. I'm waiting for that to happen. And Austin in the store, he's walking around with the glory of God on him. Walking around with the glory of God on him. And the love of God's just coming out of him. Coming out of him. And people are like, I don't know who that is. But I like him. I like him. He makes me want to buy more stuff. And the boss, get, the boss gets a hold of him and says, Austin, come here. People are buying more stuff when you work. On the days you work, our business goes up. I'm going to give you a promotion. Amen. The glory is on. It's designed. Thank you, Father, for doing the work. Thank you, Father, for doing the work. Thank you, Lord, for cradling. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. But see, if it's our job to awaken, then we've got to prepare the place. We've got to prepare the place. You know, if we got a recipe, we got a bowl, 
You got to grab, all right, you got to get the right bowl. Because if you don't get the right bowl, it may be too small. And then you put in too much stuff and then you make a mess. You got to get the right bowl. You got to get, you got to get ready. There's some things to help mix it and stir it. And you got to get the right ingredients out at the right time. Hear this. You got to have the right ingredients in the right amount, add them at the right time. And then you got to do certain things to them. You know, you can, I think it's with cupcakes. You can stir them too much and you knock all the air out and now they're all dense and nobody wants to eat those. We need the right consistency. We need the right things at the right time. Guess who knows how to bring us to an awakening? Guess who commanded us to awaken? Guess who's going to bring an awakening if we'll pay attention to what he said and what he's doing? He knows the time. He knows where you are. He knows that, that this community needs this. He knows that this community needs this. Who knows that God is the one who's got the right ingredients? And he knows what to tell us to do. If we'll just learn how to listen and serve, he'll give us every ingredient we need in a community well, wake up! Wake up! God's a God of promise. And He'll bring that promise to you. He'll bring it to you. The ingredients. Well, the first thing we need is the bowl. We need something to mix all this stuff together in. We've got to have a bowl. If, we gotta, if we're going to mix ingredients and get it to come out right, we've got to have something to bring it all together. Look to your neighbor and say, that's me. We're the bowl. The children of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16. And listen, you may want to just put these, you can just write these scriptures down, but then I want you to look up quickly because I'm going to fly through this as quickly as he lets me fly. (laughs) Blessed are those that believe having not seen, Paul. First Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are a temple yeah. of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Amen. You're the bowl. You're the temple of God. Close your eyes for a second. Say, Lord, Lord I, receive your word. I receive your word. I'm the temple. I'm the Just receive. Say, Lord, Lord, I receive your ingredients ingredients today today for an awakening. awakening. I purpose myself myself to wake up. up. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of God's household. Having been built on the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together in a dwelling of God in the Spirit. You individually are the temple of God. You're the bowl. But also we together are the temple of God being built, being built by God Himself. 
God wants us all to be this bowl where he can bring the ingredients of an awakening. Where every joint supplies. And where one day I might be tired, you're not. And the Holy Ghost flows through you. One day you might be tired and I'm not. And the Holy Ghost and it's lifted up so that we're always running at full steam, never lacking because every joint supplies. Individually and corporately, we're the bowl. We're the temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells and brings the awakening of God. Amen. Glory to God. Just close your eyes again. See, sometimes we need to not just listen with our mind, but we need to pick it up in our spirit. We need to stop, and that's why it's good to close our eyes. Stop just thinking about it. And right now, in your spirit, Lord, I'm the bowl. We're the bowl. We are the temple of God. Oh, Father, you're going to mix great things together into an awakening in this place today. You're going to mix great things together in these temples today. Just the right ingredients. Thank you, Father. Now in that bowl, you put certain things. In that bowl, you put certain things. You know, John 3.16 says this. It says that God so loved the world that he, gave, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have... The end goal, the end goal is that all the people that believe on him would have eternal life or everlasting life. But the question is, what is that? Yeah. What is that? What is eternal life? Well, praise God, the Lord answers that as well in John 17, 3. It says, and it makes it really, really difficult and, and hard to understand it. It says, this is eternal life. <laughs> that, you may, that they may know you, talking about the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. That word know there is gnosis, and it means to have an intimate fellowship with God. The first ingredient in the bowl... The first ingredient in an awakening is that we are made into that temple by coming into intimate fellowship knowledge with the Father and the Son. Intimate fellowship. That means, and, and I'll just explain it. I'll just explain that intimate fellowship. You know, I have a, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. I have a relationship with my father. He's my father. He'll never not be my father. On my birth certificate, it says he's my father. But that doesn't mean that we hang out together. That's what fellowship is. Intimate fellowship is having a knowing, a knowing of God. I want to be, you know, I can, I can, I, I tell people about this. We had a, a life group going on one time. It was in a, like, kind of a, a square room. It was very noisy. Everybody was having a great time. And I noticed that Luke and some other kids were making a lot of noise. And it was the most interesting thing. Now, I'm on one side of the room, and the other side of the room was Luke. And they were playing, and they were making too much noise. And on the other side of the room, I went like this. He recognized my snap through all the noise, through all the crowd, and he went and looked up at me. Just like that. And, I was, and then I didn't have to say, stop doing that, Luke. I didn't have to say that. I just went. 
and see through intimacy and fellowship, he knew my snap. He knew I was getting his attention without saying a word. At three. At, yeah, he was three years old. And, and he, he perked up like that. He knew, and he knew, whoop, calm it down a little bit. Just like that. All right, well, this is, that was a correction. But what if, what if we're just in the middle of a service and all of a sudden uh, God says, I just want to go this direction. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to go this direction. How can you know that if you're not walking in intimacy with him? If you don't know his voice. As I started praying in the Holy Ghost years and years and years of praying in the Holy Ghost, as I started praying in, in the Holy Ghost, I noticed that the Lord would want to do something and I would catch on to it before other people did. Where did that come from? Through intimacy with him. As I prayed with him, I began to know what it felt like when the Holy Spirit wanted to go this way or that way. I started to understand what needed to happen next. Yeah. This is an intimate. Watch this in Acts 17, 28. For in Christ, in him, in intimacy, in fellowship, in him, we live life to the full till it overflows. We move and we have our being. We live in him. As we get in intimacy with God, it's the number one ingredient. It's where everything flows. It's where the power flows. It's where the abiding flows. It's in him. It's in intimacy with him. Listen, aren't we commanded to awake? I'm telling you that as soon as you become a Christian, you can't move to being awoken. You can't move to that place of being awakened. You can't move there unless you get in intimacy with God. And now, isn't that our command? Aren't we commanded to awake? Yes, and so we must, if we are commanded, we're going to be responsible to awake. The first thing we've got to throw into our being, throw into the bowl is we've got to get in fellowship with God. I'm giving you 11 ingredients. The next thing is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Number one is an intimacy, what I call a reset intimacy, and you'll understand that more before long, but I do a series called Reset, talking about intimate fellowship. Number two, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I read this in the Amplified, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 5.18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled, I don't know what debauchery means, I just know it's bad. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. We know that in the original language, the language doesn't say be filled one time. The language actually says be being filled. That's a continuous infilling and overflow, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's a command to us. The second ingredient to awaken, and we're commanded to awaken, so we can't awaken if we don't do this, is to follow the command to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is why the devil fights the Holy Ghost. That's why he tries to tell people that tongues is weird and this and that and everything else. Why? Because he knows Christians are not going to fulfill their duty to the fullest if they don't get filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost. He knows it. He knows that it is a key to unlocking the supernatural. And so he goes after it with everything he has. But I'm telling you, I, I, one of my favorite testimonies about being filled with the Holy Ghost is Deb. She's raised in a denomination. 
and uh, she was taught that it wasn't necessarily right. And uh, so she, was, she got to the place where she realized, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But because of all that wrong teaching, just every time we get to that place of just kind of flowing and praying in the Holy Ghost, her brain would kind of put the clamps on it, you know. And finally, uh, we got through those clamps. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, you were at the house that day, and stand, we, the couch was catching. And uh, we stood her in front of the couch, and the couch caught her. And, uh, and so she was there, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and I don't remember exactly, but I, I remember in my mind what it felt like. And it was like she went, woo! You know? And uh, you may have made those sounds, I don't know. But eventually, the power of God was moving in her. And then she got up off that couch. She was like, why in the world did I fight this? This is so great! This is so awesome! Is that right? <laughs> And it was such a great testimony. You know, all, all the time we're sitting there holding back and, and like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And it's like the greatest thing ever. It's so awesome. And then you understand it instantly. As soon as you're filled, as soon as you yield to what the word says, you find out God's always asking us and inviting us to increase. The third ingredient, a baptism of fire. We read the verse uh, last weekend, Luke 3.16, John the Baptist he prophesied and said, Jesus is coming. He says, I'm not worthy of unloosing his, his sandal. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and yeah. with fire. And then when we go over to Acts chapter 2, when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit very clearly says, and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. So it's very specific. So that was not just the, that was not the baptism of fire. That was just the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus will baptize you with a fire. If you can imagine it, one of the things that's very interesting is if you get filled, the Holy Ghost is like oil. If you get filled with the oil of God, it can coat you. It can cover you. But when you get baptized with fire, the whole makeup and nature of the element that's fire has been forever changed. When somebody's been baptized with fire, they don't talk the same. Right. They don't move the same. Right. There's something on them, and they're just different. Yeah. They're just different. We're going to talk about that tonight. Matter of fact, if you have questions on the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the baptism of fire or speaking in tongues, I can't promise that we'll get to all of them, but write it on a piece of paper and give it to us before you leave today. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and fire today, Amen. tonight. It's going to be awesome. So then, watch this, Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is not a little bit of fire. Oh, he's a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. This is the third ingredient. We need to be washed with Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then filled with our Father, the consuming fire, overflowing with all three personalities of the Godhead, all three, Overfl not just walking with them, overflowing in them. Every element of God we need to be walking in. Our God is a consuming fire. The fourth ingredient. Now, do you see that each one of these ingredients, whose responsibility are they? God will help you. God will zap you. But you've got to put them in place even if you don't feel it. These ingredients got to be put in the bowl. Or else your cake won't rise. Right. <laughs> I'm laughing a lot harder on the inside than my face is showing. 
All these ingredients got to be in the bowl or your cake won't rise. Cornbread won't be done in the middle. That's what Nicole said. The fourth ingredient is hunger. I want you to see something. With each one of these ingredients is a promise of the presence of God. See, an awakening is a manifestation of the presence of God. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you get hungry, when you get hungry for the things of God, you'll be filled. Yes. Is your life not filled up the way it should be? Very, very possible we're not hungry. I've found that to be true in my life. Time and time and time and time and time, time again. So I'm not beating myself up for not being there. I'm just not going to stop going forward and hunger from this day forward. Lord, help me be hungry. Help me to see more of you. There's two things that will, uh, I have a list of things that will help you be hungry, but let me give you two major ones. Number one, stop eating spiritual junk food. Many times we're full on the fillers that the world gives us. Because they're easy and they're comfortable to our flesh and we just eat the spiritual junk food. We watch the little 30-minute show that's filled with all kinds of worldliness and all the deeds of darkness. And we fill up on that kind of stuff. And then God says, hey, come and pray with me. Like, I don't really feel like praying with you. I just watch, you know, something that really made my flesh feel good. Or we want to read a book that we shouldn't be reading. You know, a bunch of drama, a bunch of stuff, you know. As the toilet bowl turns. <laughs> I might be meddling. I'm going to move on. Here's the other thing, though, is it's funny when you start talking about the good things of God and what God calls normal. It's a big question the Lord asked me. He's, he said, what do I call normal? What's normal to me? Not what's normal to us. Not what's great to us. Because what's great to us may stink to God. Yeah. I mean, we may be like, ooh, Holy Ghost chill bumps, Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, and, and God's like, that's nothing. Right. I just like brushed, I walked through Albemarle. I'm not even in the building. Right. You could feel me from there because I'm that big and that right. powerful. What if God walked in the building? Yes. Right. What's normal to God? See, we've been, we've been like, you know, building doctrines. And building up whole schools because we had one small touch one day. What if God actually gets involved? The, the building fills with clouds. The priest can't minister. The glory of the Lord floods the place. Uh, people glow with His glory. That's Old Testament. We're in a new covenant, better, and we're walking. They didn't have Jesus. We're redeemed from the curse and with Jesus. We have more. We have better. What's normal to God? I'm tired of reading about the stuff in the Old Testament and not walking it out in the New Testament. Now that I have a high priest that has applied the blood once for all time in the heavenly holy of holies, where's this glory? Lord, show us your glory. See, you start talking like that, it gets you hungry. How come Enoch? Gets to walk and talk with God, and God takes him. I mean, he's walking and talking with God without Jesus. Hey, God, how you doing? It's good to see you today. Without Jesus. Where's that in Christianity today? What's normal to God? 
Where's this great power? See, we, we have, we're just scratching the surface. We need an awakening. But we got to get hungry. See, if we'll get hungry, God already promises he'll fill us. And when it says filled right there, it means gorge you. Like it's not just a little bit of food. Buddy and I went to a restaurant the other day called Papa Cito's. I think it must be. <laughs> yeah, see, it made him raise his hand just when I mentioned its name. We had already eaten. You been? Yeah, you know. <laughs> see, look, look at the smile on Paul's face. He'd been there. All of a sudden, like we weren't even hungry, but man, we just ate. <laughs> we just consumed. And it was like we were filled up with the goodness of God. That's <laughs> what we felt like. We're like, Lord, if this is anything like your goodness, I want more of you. This is awesome. It was good. But we, were, I, we, we did stop before we got gorged because that would be gluttonous. But, um, and we don't want to do that. But we didn't want to. God says, when you hunger after me, I will fill you. Yeah. I will, I will gorge you. That means, why is it? It's the same thing in John 10, 10. I'll fill you with so much life that it'll be full till the overflow. We're designed to not just be full, but to overflow. What, what's missing? Our hunger. Lord, I'm hungry for you. So you start talking about things. If I'd start talking about, see, look what happened. As soon as I talk, talk about Papacitos, everybody that's been to Papacitos, all I did was say the name. I, all of a sudden, everybody's like, I'm hungry. Because we'll start talking about, you start meditating on the goodness of God, you'll start to get hungry. And you stop putting in spiritual junk food, and now when it's time to eat the real food, you'll be hungry for it. So the fourth ingredient is hunger. The fifth ingredient is humility. Humility. James 4, 6. See, the reason a lot of people don't go further... In God, it's because they have no humility. On the scale, this being God, 10 being God, and zero being no God whatsoever, they think, most people think that they're about a seven or eight. But the truth is, we're barely on the first rung. And so, because of humility, they can't see any upward motion. They think they've arrived. But humility will shine the light on that and show you where you're actually at, which is a beautiful thing because all of a sudden you realize all the good things that I've been experiencing is just the beginning. And then you start to understand James 4, 6, it says he'll give a greater grace. You've experienced some grace. He'll give you a greater grace to those that are humble. The sixth ingredient is intentional Unity. So not just unity, but I need to be purposed in my unity. See, a lot of people, they just wait. It's kind of like waking up. They're waiting for God to zap them. They're waiting for unity to zap them instead of being purposed in it. Yes. Instead of being disciplined to go after unity. Well, Johnny said something I don't like. Well, whoop de do. Put on unity. Yep. Put on unity. Well, I didn't like how Barrett prayed. I'm sorry. Put on unity. Glory to God. Unity will forgive them. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. You know what else happens in unity? And watch. Let, let me show you something. Let me see that. This is a blessing of God. Yeah. 
that I am releasing to anybody who will grab it. That's a blessing of God to anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a all right so this is a blessing of God that I released now let's read this Psalm 133 Psalm 133 that's a blessing released in other words I released a blessing but you had to come and put action on it to grab a hold of it and make it yours yeah now, last time I did that, see, they've been here before when I did that. Last time I did that, everybody sat there for like a minute. I'm like, and I just kept saying it. This is a blessing of God that's been released. See, if you don't reach out with your faith and take things, yeah. you're not going to have it. You've got to put, put action behind it and say, that's mine. I receive it in Jesus' name. But that's a blessing release. Read Psalm 133. It says, verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together, say it with me, in unity. How good it is. In unity. Verse 2. It's like the precious oil or the anointing upon the head coming down upon the beard and even Aaron's beard which represents the eldership, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, leadership. And it comes down to all the edges of the robe. That means it touches everybody in the body that's connected to the leadership Leadership that's connected to the head, which is Christ, to his anointing. God wants to bless everybody with the anointing. He wants the yoke-breaking anointing flowing in everybody's. And guess, how does that anointing flow? Through unity. Many churches don't have any anointing because they've got no intentional unity. But that's not us. We'll be the people of intentional unity and we'll have an anointing flowing. Look at verse 3. It says, it's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. Here's what intentional unity will do. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forever. So see, this is a blessing released. But a commanded blessing is one you can't stop. A commanded blessing, you can't stop. God just says, be blessed. And everybody's hit with the water of life, the fullness. You can't stop it. It's coming. There's a difference between a blessing. A lot of the promises in the Bible are released blessings. And you have to appropriate them by faith. But when we get in unity, you can't stop it. He starts starts commanding the blessing. I can tell you as a church, I've seen that multiple times. Many times, you know, as we've grown as a church, we've grown up into some things. And uh, as we've grown up into some things, you start stepping into new areas like the anointing, like the joy, the joy of the Lord. All of a sudden you got people that are just cackling in in joy, laying on the floor, rolling around, being holy rollers, losing eyelashes. All of a sudden... The other day, we're praying. Lisa gets up here. She's like, ah, oh my goodness, there's my eyelash. <laughs> used to, it was bobby pins. That used to be in the old days, that's what would happen. There'd be bobby pins on the floor. People rolling. The joy of the Lord. All of a sudden, not everybody's good with that. Because a lot of people grew up in a starts church. Feeding on a bunch of lemons. And all of a sudden, you get in the joy of the Lord. They don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know. 
Hey, now, before you start judging, that was most of y'all. So I remember your faces when you first came in. <laughs> I remember. Like, oh, what was that? You know, you're laughing just a bit. <laughs> but you're looking. You're looking, seeing what everybody else is doing. What in the world is going on? But see, as we've taken those steps into new places, it's funny because the people that don't want to go to those places, and, and we're not going to go somewhere that word is in our standard on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I tell you these things that your joy may be full. With joy you, you draw from the wells of salvation. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Right? It's biblical. Okay? So there's a few witnesses about it. <laughs> Just a couple. It, you should do a search of joy in the Bible. It's everywhere. Yeah. But it hasn't been everywhere in the church. So you start stepping into some of these things. And you got some people like putting it in reverse. Beep, beep, beep. See you. Peace out, boomerang. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then, then they'll, you know, well, here's the thing. All of a sudden, what do you have? You've got two visions. People that are going after the Lord and people that aren't. And so you have division. And then as over time we've seen this multiple times, the people, you know, the Lord takes us to a new place and people who are going after God say, Lord, if it's you, I'm going after it. If it's in your word, I'm going after it. They're there. They're in unity. And then the people that aren't in unity, they step out and leave. All of a sudden the commanded blessing of God falls on the whole body. It's like, boom, yeah. people start getting healed. Yeah. People start getting miracles. People start getting blessed in their job. Now, and you know, one year we had over 950,000 dollars of debt supernaturally erased commanded blessing of God favor of God you can't stop it we watch that play out because people watch we're intentional to get in unity what if we didn't wait till that moment but we just said we're going to get in unity we're getting in unity God commands the blessing so the fifth part is our sixth part is unity the seventh part is sensitivity to the Holy Ghost Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You step into the family when you start being led by the Spirit of God. You start moving like a royal family member. You start moving with authority and an inheritance when you allow the Lord to lead you. But do we have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost? Do you know that it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit? The Bible tells us that in Ephesians 4.30. It's possible to grieve Him. I've been in services where everything's flowing well and you can feel the Holy Ghost and then the crowd is not sensitive to the Holy Ghost and they make a turn and it's fleshly and all of a sudden it's like, where'd that anointing go? Where'd that anointing go? It's not that God will hold it against them for a long period of time or anything. You just... You know, you have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. What does he want to do? Maybe today he won't start it off with prayer. Maybe today he wants Paul to say a word about God doing surgeries. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And then Romans 8, 5 and 6 is in the New Living. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Oh, but letting your spirit control your mind 
leads to life and peace. Letting the Holy Ghost control you leads to life. It's a promise of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Be sensitive to what he's saying. It'll be life every time. It'll be life every time. It'll be life every time. But you got to learn how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and that means you're yielding to him. To have an ingredient for an awakening, you got to be sensitive. Because the Lord, at, you have to be sensitive at that one moment. When you speak up, one awakening that happened, there was a guy, and they were praying, they've been praying, they've been praying, they've been praying. One guy gets up, sensitive to the Holy Ghost. He says, we're expecting it, and we're praying this. But he says, but we still haven't dropped our sin. I just perceive we got to drop our sin right now. Sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and the power of God fell into place. Boom. Sensitive. You know, it may be that we sing a song a second time. Another testimony with, with, with uh, Deb, the first day that she ever came. Now she's you know, you know, on, the, on the board and everything. She's been leading children's ministry for years and years, doing a great job growing, doing great things. The first day that she ever came. I got up there, I had my notes, and, uh, um, and I was, we were sitting there, we were praising. I knew that they had come from a denominational church, but I also knew that they were supposed to be here. I knew it. I knew they were supposed to be here. And so we get up, we're singing songs that day. We're, we don't have anybody leading music. We're just playing CD tracks and putting the words up on the board. And we go through, and uh, we hit, I think, the three songs. And, uh, and the Lord said, play it again. I was like, Lord, I was thinking logically, Lord, they're already uncomfortable. I know they are. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. The Lord said, play the song again. I said, yes, sir. Okay, I'll do it. I said, hey, we're going to play that song again. They're all, you know, Deb's sitting there like this at this time. Wide eyes, you know, not just like that, but that's probably how it felt. But I was like, man, I don't want to do this. Sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I played that song all of a sudden within seconds. I look over and she is boohooing like like her first day there. I'm like, oh great. Either she hates us, either God's moving, or she really doesn't like us. One or the other. Well, God was God was moving. Yeah. She's tearing up now because it was the power of God. It was power. He was showing her this is your place. And God just started working on her right there, doing supernatural work, supernatural surgery in her heart and in her mind. Then I got up that day, and, and I had notes all prepared, a good message. Y'all seen it happen many times. I got up, and that day, I literally said, well, here's my notes for the message, and yep, I'm preaching this. And that's what I did that day. I get up, and I preach, and uh, Stephen, uh, he was sitting there, and Stephen, uh, I preached. I got to the end of the service. They walk out. Now, again, I'm being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, right? They walk out, and his comments were, Thank you, preacher. We really enjoyed that. It wasn't a we'll be back. It wasn't anything. I was like, I was thinking, well, they ain't never coming back. She's crying. She's bawling. That's, that's words that generally mean we appreciated your attempt. You missed. We'll see you at Walmart. But we're not coming back. That's generally what that means. And so all of a sudden, that afternoon, I got a text from him. And I said, I said well, he said, pastor, he said, that's the most powerful move of God I've ever seen in my life. I said, I was like, I didn't think it was that powerful, but I, glory to God. Yeah. I said, why do, why do you say that? 
He said, I've been specifically praying on seven different verses. I didn't know what they meant. Today, you hit all seven of them and explained what each one meant. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I had no idea about that. I said, well, uh, what about your wife? <laughs> it's like, oh, she was really touched. I was like, oh, good. She, <laughs> good, amen. Sensitive to the Holy Ghost. One day, I was sitting up there, and I said, I was sitting here, and we were wrapping up the service, and uh, the Lord said, pray in the Holy Ghost. And this is before I became a little bit more bold with it. I was still trying to, like, check everybody's feelings, their physical feelings. I don't do that today, just in case you wonder. Um, <laughs> I'm not, at, I'm not trying to appease your feelings. Yeah. I'm trying to appease his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. His, sensitive to him. Amen. He's the one we need. No matter how you feel about him, he's the one that we need. Right. We need him, sensitive. And so the Lord says, I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Now we had done that plenty, but to this day we had a guest. And I knew they were supposed to be there too. And I was like, I don't want to pray in the Holy Ghost. I was like, I don't want to pray in the Holy Ghost because I'm, 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 I want it to be right. You know, I just don't want to be wrong. I'm, I'm scared that it might be wrong. And, of course, I was thinking and act, acting in the wrong ways. And, uh, but I finally, you know, who's better? The one who says he won't do it and then goes and does it or the one who says he, he will do it and then does it? I was like, okay, Lord, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. So I get up and I'm praying. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost as long as he told me to. Well, there was a young man sitting over here about where Paul is. And uh, he was sitting there. And uh, I got done with the service and we went on. He texted me a while back. A while later, he said, what was that language you were praying in? Was that Latin or something? I was like, uh, that was praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, let me tell you something. When you prayed that, he said, I felt, I felt the power of God hit me in the top of my head and it shot all the way through my body. I need that. I was like, hallelujah. Glory to God. I was like, yeah, I knew it the whole time. Yeah, I was like, I, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, Sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, several, this is important in an awakening because if you're not sensitive, you may miss the exit. Yeah. If you're not sensitive, you may miss the exit or the turn. Right. And he'll redirect you, but it's better to stay on course. He's merciful, but it's better to stay on course and not miss anything. Miss no time. Right before we came into this building, uh, many of you remember this, but some of you may wonder, like, how in the world do they have three-hour services? Well, let me tell you how we got there, as I extend this one. Uh, sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I was sitting there, and the Lord, I got done, I finished, I preached, I think I preached about 45 minutes, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden... Uh, the Lord says, keep preaching. I was like, Lord, I don't, I like, they, they're done. I can tell they're done. I can tell the people are done. I'm done. Like, I, I just preached through all my notes. I'm finished. I'm done. He said, keep preaching. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, okay. Yes, sir. And so I kept preaching. I preached for about 30 minutes. And uh, the next Sunday, keep preaching. Yeah. The next Sunday. Keep preaching. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. 
What are you doing? You know, because about the fourth Sunday, we started losing people. Why? Because we have raised a society that's more given to their flesh than they are to the leading of the Holy Ghost. They're more hungry to go to the restaurant and go and get in comfortable clothes than they are wanting to minister and serve the Lord. We've raised a society of that. Well, I, I just had that command. I didn't have the why yet. I just had a sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. I didn't know why. A few months later, we, I find out why. He said, I'm not call, calling you to raise up people that will yield to every whimper of the flesh. I'm calling you to raise up spiritual warriors that will move by the Spirit and have their minds set on the Spirit because I'm trying to get life and peace to them. And, you, and in order to do that, it's just like when you go to the gym, you've got to start, you don't start with 400 pound press. <laughs> you start low and you build up to it. You build up to it. And he was telling me, build up to it. Start stretching them. Start stretching those muscles out. Start, start ripping those spiritual muscles and do that. And now the beauty of it is, in a world where everybody's looking for some kind of answer, we've had it because as we pressed into the things of God and stretched our flesh and we put our flesh down and, and reached for the things of God, the anointing, the unity. See all those people that left right after that? The unity of God. God commanded the blessing. The power started to flow like it had never flowed before. We got this building that we could use. All of a sudden we move into it and the power's moving. It's starting to answer people's problems. It's answering their questions. People are getting healed and delivered. They're getting born again. We're three people away from 1,500 commitments to Christ this year with a lockdown. Glory to God. But it doesn't come... Because we're lukewarm. It comes because we're hot for the things of God. We're on fire because we're sensitive to the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, and then when a lockdown comes and everybody else is scurrying, trying to figure out what, what, what to do. When I looked across our congregation, I didn't see people going, oh no, what are we going to do now? No, I saw people like, let's go, Pastor. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to assemble. I'm ready. If everybody else shuts down, we're here. While many people, as they're coming back to church now, they're they're seeing numbers 20, 40% of what they are. We're growing. I'm telling them, put out new chairs. The anointing's flowing, healing, miracles, lives being changed. Miracles happening. On Pentecost, you know, Sharon had the testimony on Pentecost Sunday. I'm just preaching. Her neck popped. Boop. She'd been having trouble with it. She's healed just like that. As another couple visiting for the first day, been praying for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit falls on them just while I'm preaching. He starts shaking and, and praying in tongues. While I'm preaching, I hadn't even laid hands on them yet. This is where it's supposed to be a reality. But we don't get there without adding the right ingredients. A sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Nine. Faith. Eight. Oh, I skipped over it. It's on the fold. Eight. At least I know they're keeping good notes. Glory to God. Eight. Consecration and separation to holiness. We've got to consecrate ourselves. Separate from the world and step into God. Hebrews 1.9, you have loved righteousness and hated 
lawlessness or sin. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy above your companions. The eighth ingredient is we must separate ourselves. Lord, I'm going after you. I renounce sin. I'm not making those choices anymore. Nine, faith, patience, and perseverance. Hebrews 6.12 says, So that you will not be sluggish, lazy, or slothful, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. When we apply faith and patience to a promise, it will manifest. Faith and patience. That means that we persevere. We don't just drop it just because you know, hard times come. Many times people get healed and you'll pray and the anointing will go through their body and they'll get healed. But then they go outside the door and the devil will throw a symptom at them. And pain in that same, oh, well, I guess I didn't get it. And what happened was they actually did get it, but their faith had no patience with it and they receive it back. Like any time that you get prayed for and that thing tries to manifest again, you ought to get mad. Oh no, devil, you're not putting this on me. No, I got healed right there. Whether you felt it or not, the Lord, he backs up his word. No, I'm keeping this thing. I'm keeping my healing. I'm keeping the wholeness in my body. I'm keeping the wholeness in my marriage. I'm keeping it. You're not giving it back. Lord, I receive faith and patience. In other words, we just don't drop the faith. We just keep it and persevere. Many of the people that awakened, they prayed for years. Yes. What would have happened if they stopped? Yeah. Yes. They wouldn't have received. Thank you, Father. We've got to persevere. We've got to push into those things. We can't, we've got to persevere. You can't just say, well, all right, I went to that first night of prayer, but I'm not going to the second night. You know, they'll, they'll have people there. No, as a body, remember the bowl is the corporate body. The bowl, we need everybody adding their supply, faith, hope, and love. We need everybody persevering in prayer, persevering. Faith and patience. The tenth ingredient, hope, which is a joyful, confident expectation. If you start adding hope, a joy. Oh, you know, rejoice means to put on joy again. Generally, that means that there hasn't been the level of joy that needed to be there before. So it's not like you're feeling joyful when you put on joy. You start putting on joy and then you'll start feeling joyful. You put it on. We don't move by sight and by feeling, by sense. We put it on. See, in this temple, if we will start to put on joy on purpose... You know, when we come out and say, good morning, boomerang, and you're like, yeah. that's not putting on joy. That's not putting on a confidence, and that's not putting on an expectation, and it probably won't come to pass that day. Right. But if as a body, the bull puts on the joy, and I say, good, and you're like, yeah, good morning, and the joy comes out, and there's a confidence and an expectation. All of a sudden, the hope of God brings about the manifestations of God. It brings it about. The tenth ingredient is love. Oh, and, and eleventh ingredient. The tenth ingredient with hope is Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound 
in hope, abound in joy, abound in confidence, abound in expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. The 11th ingredient, love, a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at his leading. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love, a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at his leading. Love never fails. If you'll put love in there, it's never going to fail. If you'll walk in love. But we got to do it on purpose. See, a lot of times we're waiting on God to like dump these ingredients in us when we're the ones who are called to present ourselves and to put these ingredients in. Put on love. Put on hope. Put on faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. If you want to be standing and standing strong no matter what, put on faith, hope, and love because these three things abide. They last forever. And the greatest of these is love. Love is what it all operates on. Faith works by love. Now once you have all the ingredients in the bowl, don't you know you got to mix them up? Sometimes you got to knead it out and you don't need to do it too much. There's instructions to it. The instructions, three instructions is this. Prayer, spirit-led preaching and the word, and praise and worship. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. What does that look like? It means that I'm constantly continuing in a heart of prayer. I'm constantly continuing in a heart of prayer. I just don't stop praying. Yeah. I'm going down the road. I'm praying. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord. James 5.16 says that prayer of a righteous man, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We got to be praying. He does nothing in the earth without coming through the voice of his prophets. And we, when we have, Revelation teaches us that when we have the testimony of Christ, of what Christ has done, of what he's doing, of who he is, we are prophesying. It's the spirit of prophecy. Yes. When we pray and we speak out what Christ is doing, God's healing his people today. He's doing surgery on his people. He's lifting you up. When we pray out these things, all of a sudden the spirit of prophecy starts to roll. And all of a sudden those things prophesied in the earth, God is held at a responsibility. That the things were prophesied that he spoke, he's at a responsibility to bring them to pass. We must be praying. Spirit-led preaching in the word. We got to get under spirit-led preaching. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with some folks that were not at a church where there was spirit-led preaching and power and anointing, and, and they were watching as the manifestations in their life started to go down. You got to stay in a place where there is a power of the Holy Ghost on that preaching, where that preacher believes it. He's not just preaching it. He actually lives it himself because there's a thing such as spiritual impartation, and you won't walk in the impartation and the manifestation if I'm not preaching it that way. Uh, there's a saying, a church alive is worth the drive. Yeah. A church alive is worth the drive. Get to one. Yeah. 
with some spirit-led word, spirit-led manifestations. They're seeing the fruit of God, healings, anointings, souls being saved, disciples, fruit of the spirit. They actually do love on people. They're not just running a business. Right. I heard a giggle. Matthew 4, 4 says this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want life to the full until it overflows, you've got to get a spirit-led word. It's got to be alive. It can't just be going back and forth every day. And we've got to hunger for those things and say, Lord, I want the word more than I want other things, other than what I want in the flesh. And then praise and worship. Psalms 22.3. But thou art holy, O thou, who inhabitest the praises of his people, of Israel. God, when you start to praise him, see that's what happened this morning when people start praising him. You start to praise him, God says, I will inhabit those places. I will inhabit those people. And what happens when the presence of God comes into your life? Watch this. In the New American Standard, the same verse, it says this. You are holy who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. See, when we start to praise him, we put him on the throne of our life. Say, oh Lord, rule your good judgments over our life, over our home, over our family. When we praise him, he he inhabits and he rules his loving kindness. In our lives. These are the ingredients of an awakening. And this are, these are the actions that we have to take. And as I finish up, I just want to read you this in 1 Thessalonians. And then we're going to pick up tonight with the Holy Ghost and fire. Don't miss it at 4 p.m. Yeah. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Verse 16. Rejoice always. Just everybody... Just 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Glory to God. Just put your notes down and just listen. Close your eyes. Hear this. It's time for an awakening. And say it with me. Say it's my responsibility responsibility to wake up. To To be the bowl. To add the ingredients ingredients. and to stir it. it. First Thessalonians 5.16. Just hear this. Just listen to it. Listen to the command from the Holy Spirit. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself 
sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. Say it with me. He will will bring it it to pass pass in my life. life. If I prepare myself myself as the vessel vessel. and I add the ingredients ingredients of of an awakening and I stir it up with prayer, prayer, word, word, and worship. worship. He will bring it to pass. pass. He's bringing it to pass today. today. In my life. life. He's bringing it to pass. pass. Thank you. Just receive from Him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah.